opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vespero training series. And thank you so much for having us here for your ACB community events. We've been doing this for a couple months now and are planning on continuing on in 2021. We really enjoy getting to meet with you all in this group and discuss things. And today's topic is webmail and JAWS. And joining me today are a few other members of my team. Hi, I'm Liz. And hi, I'm Greta. And I'm just going to hand it off to Liz. She is such an expert in all things webmail. I'm going to be here as a supporting role and we'll just um, open up the conversation and talk about what webmail is. All right. Thanks, Rachel. So let's delve right in. I know we're going to get your questions today. I look forward to those as well. But let's start out by talking about a little bit about what is webmail. So webmail is literally accessing your email on the web. So I know a lot of you may use a program like Outlook or the Windows Mail app or one of those programs to access your, your email. And we're going to touch on that here in just a second. But webmail, with webmail, you're accessing your email on a website. So you're logging into your account and you're accessing it there. And there are several advantages to each. We're really mainly talking about webmail, but we're going to, I'm going to touch here a little bit on maybe Outlook versus webmail. So when you're using a program like Outlook as your email provider, you have all of your tools right there and you have keyboard commands that you can use. Uh, you have quite possibly, depending on how it's set up and what kind of server is being used, you have all your email saved within your Outlook or on your computer. So those are some of the advantages of using Outlook. But there are times when you do want to access email from quite possibly a different computer, or maybe your email program is not available at that time. So that is what webmail gives you the opportunity to do. Of course, with a program like Outlook or another web or email provider, you can set up different accounts. So you can have all of your, your different email provider accounts, maybe your Microsoft or your Gmail set up on the same in the same application there. But when you're accessing with webmail, you have to actually go to those respective websites and log in. So I want to talk about two of those today. We're going to talk a little bit about Gmail and a couple of different ways to access your Gmail. And I also want to touch on Outlook because there have been some important changes that Microsoft has made to Outlook. Uh, what used to be called or what may still be around, some services may still be using it, the Outlook web app versus Outlook on the web. And I'll, I'll touch on that here. Um, so Previously, you had the Outlook web app, and you had two different ways of accessing it. You had an, a web app that was the web app light version, and then the regular version. And with the light version, you could navigate like you would on a standard web page. So you had a lot of different JAWS commands that you could use and navigation commands. So one thing that I want to point out about using any webmail uh in any type of webmail is that you really need to know how to navigate those web pages. So having those commands, uh, being able to press the letter T, which is a JAWS navigation uh, quick 
quick navigation command. We call those quick nav keys. Being able to press the letter T to get to a table where perhaps your messages are located, navigating through those messages using the letter X for checkboxes and things like that, using H for headings and just being able to navigate the web page like you would any other web page. So, and, and if you have any questions about that or you want to maybe, you know, bone up on those skills and improve a little bit about that and expand those, you can check out our Surfs Up training, which is on our training page. Go to freedomscientific.com slash training and look under Surfs Up. And there's a whole section there. There's some individual lessons that are self-paced lessons that will walk you through the process of navigating web pages. And you even have some practice pages there that you can work with. So getting back to webmail, I had mentioned the webmail Outlook uh, web app. Now with 365, you have Outlook for the web. And that's a little bit different. That's the one I'm going to be talking about today. But some of you may have access to the, the web app, the previous web app from Microsoft. And where you're going to see some differences, if any of you out there are accessing work emails and things like that that are on Exchange server, that's where that's going to be important. So depending on, once again, depending on how your, your employer has it set up, you're going to be accessing you know, either the web app or Outlook for the web. All right, so let's just talk a little bit in general here. I'm going to talk about Gmail because that's a very commonly used um, web service. So in Gmail, you have two different views. You have the standard view, which is the default, and you have the basic HTML view. Now, in the standard view, uh, that's, that's the default if you're using a browser that is a, a recent browser. You know, if, if you're using an older browser, like if you're still using Internet Explorer or something uh, older like that, then you may only be able to use uh, the basic HTML view. So that's just something to consider there. But in general, you have your standard view. So the basic HTML view works, like I said, with certain browsers that are not compatible with the standard view or some. sometimes it's just easier to navigate. You may try them both and you may find that, you know, if you're a screen reader user using JAWS, you may find the basic HTML more accessible. You don't get all the features with it, though. So for some people, that's fine. Some people don't need all those features. Features such as the chat or spell check are not available with the basic HTML view. But that's okay. If, if you don't need those features, that is, you can use the, the basic HTML view. Right. So I just want to jump in for a sec. Sure. Which is to say that I used basic HTML for a long, long time before I felt, you know, kind of brave enough to switch to standard view because... I had always heard it was less accessible. It is quite accessible, and I've, um, you know, more recently started to explore with standard view. But like Liz said, some people just prefer basic HTML, even though it might have more limited features, because it is a simplified interface. And to switch between them, what I usually do is, maybe you already mentioned this, Liz. I stepped away for a minute. Oh, that's fine. I haven't mentioned it yet, but go yeah. ahead. I just use insert F7, so I pull up my links list once I log into my mail account, my Gmail account, and then there's a link 
depending on which view you are in, sometimes I'm able to find a link that says switch to basic HTML. Sometimes it just says basic HTML. And then once it does switch, that link should change and it'll either say standard view or is it say standard viewers? Yeah. Or it says switch to standard view. So look for those links in the links list. And that is how you can go back and forth between the two views and all. That's what I had to say. Sure. Yeah, so like like Rachel said, it's it's selected by default. Standard view is selected by default, and um, standard view provides access to uh, all the the Gmail features. So if if you're wanting to use a lot of the the Gmail features, um, you should definitely try standard view. And as Rachel also said, with when you log in and you have that, you're on standard view, you, you go to gmail.com and you log in. At the top of that page, there is a button that says basic HTML. And if you press the letter B, you can navigate right there. So uh, you can press enter on it. And like Rachel said, then you can use your list of links, your insert F7, and press S for you know, switch to standard view, and then you, you get to go back to your standard view. There's also a link there for set basic HTML as default. So if you always want to use basic HTML, you can just use that link. And then that way, when you log in, it's always set unless you go back and you switch. So you don't have to do it every every single time. So let's talk about navigating just a little bit. So in, in the basic HTML view, you have your messages uh, they're configured in a table. So you can press the letter T to get to that table. And then each message has a checkbox. And what you can do with that checkbox is you can space on it to check it. And then you can do things like move your messages, delete the message. So if you wanted to, to say, delete maybe 10 messages, you could just press the letter X to navigate through those checkboxes. And when you're on one that you want to delete, you just press the space bar to, to check the box, and then you press the letter B to get to the delete button and press enter. Um, when you press X to navigate through those checkboxes, it tells you who the message is from. From there, if you want to know more about that message, such as, you know, what, what the subject is, what's it, what's it about, you press your down arrow key. And when you get to the subject, the subject is a link, and you're going to press enter on that link and it'll open a new page with that message and you can just navigate that page. I like to press the letter H for heading or sometimes I'll press the letter N which skips you past links. It'll skip you uh, sometimes to that first block of text which will sometimes be that message. So you can just kind of use those commands, play around with those and you'll find there it'll say who it's from, who it's to, the date and so forth and you can read your message. And then when you're finished you're going to press alt left arrow to go back to the previous page. So that's just a little bit about navigating that basic HTML view. Once again there, you can really use those quick navigation keys with JAWS to navigate. You have your H for headings, T for tables, X for checkboxes, and so forth. So with standard view, the standard view in Gmail works very similar to Outlook for the web. So there are some, of course, there are some differences, but as a general rule, they are going to be very similar, which is good. So if you are using your, you know, Outlook for the web to access your work email, then you might also find a lot of similarities there when accessing Gmail uh, in standard view. So in standard view, 
um, you can use it works a lot like the Google Workspace applications in that you can turn off your virtual PC cursor when you're navigating and you're performing tasks. The only time that you might want to turn it on, there are a couple times. One is when you're actually reading the body of a message, and the other is when you're accessing the keyboard's commands list, if you would like okay, to Okay, I got her. Commands. Believe it or not, okay, great. I'll do better next time. Linda, All right, you're available Hi, Linda. to talk. You were talking about the checkboxes and checking them to delete a message. Can you check more than one so you can just delete a whole string? Absolutely. And there's also a box for checking all of them. So if you knew you wanted to check all of the ones on that particular page, there's the first box that says check all. Okay. Thank you. You sure can. You can delete. You can move. You can do a lot of things there with those messages. So when you're using standard view you're going to turn off the virtual PC cursor just like you would in a lot of the other Google Workspace applications such as Docs or Sheets or or Slides, some of those. To do that, you're going to press Insert and the letter Z, as in Zulu, Insert Z. That will toggle it off. Now, sometimes by default, it'll turn off by itself. But if it doesn't, and you can check whether it's on or off by pressing the plus key on the numpad, or you can just use that keyboard command and it'll either, it's a toggle command, which means you use it to turn it on and turn it off. So you press insert Z, and when that virtual PC cursor is off, and you're logged into your Gmail in standard view, you can use your up and down arrow keys to navigate through the message list. You can tab to different controls. You can do a lot of, you can, that's how you navigate and perform a lot of tasks. When you read a message, so when you get to a message that you want to read, use your up and down arrow keys, just like you do in Microsoft Outlook for the desktop app, for example. Use your up and down arrow keys. You press enter if you want to read a message. When you press enter and your virtual PC cursor is off and you use your arrow keys to read that message, it doesn't actually enter, it doesn't actually read the message. That's when you have to turn your virtual PC cursor back on. So just to kind of recap here, when you're navigating through Gmail in standard view, turn the virtual PC cursor off with insert Z, navigate through the message list, enter on a message. Then you want to turn that virtual PC cursor on with insert Z again, and then you can read it. And it, it appears there on the web page, just like you're reading a web page. So you can just down arrow. It's And it usually... Jaws usually uh, places the focus right there on the message. So when you've read your message, you can do a couple of things. You can turn your virtual PC cursor back off again. You can press Alt-Left Arrow or Backspace to go back to your message list. And from there, you can hit R for Reply or A for Reply All, F for Forward. So it is more, more detailed to to get to things in the standard view. But in a lot of ways, with the exception of reading messages, it really operates much like using a desktop application. So one other thing that you do want to do is you want to turn on there are some you want to turn on your keyboard commands because that's what's going to enable you to use like the letter R, the letter F, and things like that. So you're going to go to settings. You can Use your virtual PC cursor for this. You can turn it on and you can press insert F7, press S for settings, 
and enter. And you're, then you're going to select see all settings. So you go to settings, you go to see all settings, and then you can navigate down through there and you can find there's a checkbox that'll say to turn on those keyboard commands. So when those are on, you don't have to do it again. You just do it one time and then you go to save your settings and uh, save changes and press enter. And when those are on, then you can use a lot of keyboard commands in the standard view. So I know I just went through a whole lot of information there, but standard view operates a lot like the desktop app with the exception of reading a message. One thing that you can do in standard view that is very useful is you can press question mark. When your virtual PC cursor is off, you can press the question mark, which will bring up a list of available keyboard commands. And those keyboard commands are arranged in tables. And then that's the other place where you need to turn on the virtual PC cursor. So you press question mark. It will notify you that you have keyboard commands there. Press insert Z to turn the virtual PC cursor on. And then you can read those different keyboard commands. So it's a great place to go because, you know, there's so many commands that we use and we're going to remember the ones we probably use most, most frequently, but there are a lot of other commands that you may want to check out. Once you're finished reading those, you just press escape and it takes you back to your message list and you might have to turn that virtual PC cursor off. But that is just a rundown of how you can navigate through the standard view in Gmail. And Outlook works very similarly. In fact, they use what they call Google-style keyboard commands. So when you're, when you're in Outlook for the web, you don't have that option of Outlook Lite anymore. But you, you operate with your virtual PC cursor off. You navigate your message list. You press enter on a message to, to read it. And then you turn on your virtual PC cursor and read that message. So, and when you are composing a message, once again, you're going to press the letter C to compose a message. From within your message list, if you just press the letter C, it brings up those fields, just like you're used to seeing perhaps in your Outlook desktop app or another desktop app. And you're in those fields. So there's your to field, type who you want to send it to, and then you tab to go on to the next field the CC field, the subject field, and the message field. And from there, you can use very familiar keyboard commands like control enter to send. And you can also tab to send. But from there, you can use a lot of the keyboard commands that you're used to using in Outlook. So I know I just went through a whole lot of information there, but does anybody have any other questions? Yeah, let's... Before we do the questions, um, I'd like to take the chance to go over the um, unmuting and the, the uh, Absolutely. raising for people who may be new to this. Okay, my name is Holly. I'm your host. Okay, um, hang on just one second. Um, to mute your, I mean, to unmute, um, I will unmute, I will call your name. I will unmute you. I'll say you can talk. And if I tell you to do that, if you have... And computer, it's Alt-A. If you have a Mac, <coughs> sorry, it's Option-A. If you have a phone, it's uh, mute. Uh, it says uh, raise your hand. Uh, it, yeah, and then you uh, unmute yourself. And if, it have, if you have 
a regular phone, it, it's it's star six. Okay, to mute, it's um, don't. I will mute you, so you don't have to worry about that. I mute you. So that's basically all you need to know. And we have some several hands raised, and the first one is Agnes. Um, all right, I have two questions. First of all, when you were talking about in the basic you know, the basic HTML. Did you uh-huh. say if you want to delete all the messages, you can, there is a place to do that? There is. There are, you know, like I said, every message has a checkbox, but above right. that, the first thing that you have, it says check, you know, check all. So okay. you'll press space and it'll say, that it'll notify you that you have checked everything and it, then you can delete all. Now it deletes just the messages that are showing on that current page. Okay, and then when you delete them, does it go into their trash folder yes. and then you have to go in there and delete them again? You do, but when you go in there, you can uh, you, you can go to empty trash. Okay, and the other question I have is about these podcasts. Uh-huh. I mean, are the, where, were, where are they available to review at a later date? Let me, um, let me look that up real quick. Because okay. I'm not remembering off the top of my head, but I know we're doing it through Pinecast. I just have to get the URL. So and the other, I will. I'm sorry. Okay. The other quick question I have is, I I have Comcast email. So would they use the Outlook app that you're talking about? Um, each provider may have their own. They're probably going to have their own web app mm-hmm. uh, type of of application on on their website. So. You would definitely want to check with them, and then if you're, you know, navigating that, and you have some navigation questions or you have some JAWS questions, definitely reach out to us at training at vispero.com. Right. Thank you. Uh huh. Yeah. Each oh. each provider will be different, so you'll definitely need to check with your internet provider to see how their webmail is configured and what they use. Right. Okay. Um, Lauren Berger is next, and I and. Uh, when we get through with all these hands, I can't raise my hand, so I have a question. Okay. Okay. Hi. First of all, I like your your webinars. They're very informative. I use them all the time. Thank and you. I love the Great. Thanks. Podcast. First of all, and, and uh, I also want to know what what where where I could find these the, the uh, podcast of of uh, the ACB the, the Sparrow with ACB the Pinecast ones. That I also like to find that out. Yeah, I'm looking but, now. I I will let right, you know yeah, before Larry's the end of the show. Yeah, he's good. And also, also another one. Well, I have Outlook.com, uh-huh. and, and the only way that I can like compose is, is to end for new. How do I do? How do I get to the uh, oh. the Outlook on the web that you're describing? How could I get on that one? Uh that one. I'm not sure. If if you have an Outlook.com address, then it probably uses a different. Um, it might use a different webmail. I'll, I'll look into that. I tell you what, if you will send an email to training at vispero.com, I will find that out for you and get back to you because I think it is a little bit different than the web, the outlook for the web that's used by certain organizations or okay, employers. MSN.com. I use this in Microsoft okay. account at msn.com. Okay. Yeah, send me an email and I'll definitely look that up and, and I'll let you know and we'll okay, I'll give be, you some navigation. All right. Yeah. yeah, we haven't Thank been 
spouting about our email address, but you can always reach us at training at vispero.com. So that's just the word training at V as in Victor, I-S-P-E-R-O. Okay. Yeah, knew how to spell it. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Thank You're you. Welcome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we have uh, Marilyn Baltimore. Hi, Holly. Yes. Um, my question is, I I've been experimenting and and thank you. Um, wh- what's your name from uh, this barrel? Uh, what's your name? I'm Liz. 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 Okay. Uh-huh. Thank you for explaining about the insert Z and <clears throat> deleting the messages because I just started Gmail this year. I've had other emails, you know. So um, anyway, but my question is, I saw something about the smart features, and I'm not sure what they are, and it talks about do you want the smart features turned on or off? Is that in Gmail specifically? Yeah, or? yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, Rachel, are you familiar with those? I do know a little bit about them, and <clears throat> like for example, I know that. And stop me if you think this is wrong, Liz, but I think it's referring to the smart features regarding um, the integration with Gmail. So it'll automatically um, link with Google Docs and okay. with mm-hmm. Google Calendar, so you can actually just directly put links in your emails to different documents and different events in calendar. So I believe that that's, that's what it refers to. It's really like they try to make it pretty easy for you to um, just refer to your other Google applications and whatever content you have in those. So I believe that's what it's referring to. I haven't used it that much. I haven't either. But that might be a good training topic. Yeah. It might be great. Mm-hmm. I think it also has some features where it'll filter and categorize, help you filter and categorize email and figure out like your high priority notifications. Okay. Um, Thanks. Things like okay. that, notifications and things in addition. Oh, okay. Thank you so much, both sure. of you. Sure. All right. Well, I can talk just a little more about navigation. Let's, let's talk a little more about navigating. Yeah. Um, and uh, then after that, Liz, on our, on our docket, we're going to, talk a little bit about outlook online right a little more about that yeah we can we can do that i touched on it earlier just uh, a yeah, little bit about um outlook online and outlook.com Let, let's let's start with that maybe um if you have an outlook.com or msn or hotmail old hotmail web address navigating that's going to be a little bit different so you know i know we we had the the question just a few minutes ago and that's something that i haven't used a whole lot but Outlook online, so for example, a lot of employers use exchange servers, which are set up specifically for that organization. A lot of schools, colleges and schools use them too. So what that enables you to do is it uses Outlook as the provider of sorts. It's kind of the hub for your email, but you can have a web address that is, for example, uh, you know, like we work for Vespero, so ours is Vespero address or whatever, you know, the, the school, the college is. And so you can set those, they set those email addresses up. With an exchange server, your messages stay on the server. So they're always available there. You can save them on your computer, but they're, they're on the server. 
So when you want to access that from another computer or perhaps for whatever reason you can't get to your Outlook, you can go to your company or your school's Outlook for the web app or website and you log in and they have a special link that directs you there to your email. And then that's where it is very similar to using standard mail view in Gmail. So you you will have those messages there. You can still access them. They're there. And when you delete them, you're deleting them from the server. So if you go back to your Outlook for your desktop app, they're not going to be there either. So that's a very important distinction to make about an exchange server. And once again, it's very specific to each organization or each school, depending on how that works. Um, but one of the benefits of an exchange server is that you can use it across the board, whether it's on a mobile device, your desktop Outlook, or your Outlook for the web, and you have all of your information there. Another benefit of that is that you can go in Say you're using your Alec desktop app in the morning and you, you, you're in another location this afternoon, you want to go access an email that you sent to someone this morning, you have access to that because it's on the server. Well, that's right. how your Gmail works as well. So when you access Gmail from anywhere or other services like MSN Mail, it's all there on the server. So that's another benefit is you can access it from anywhere and go look at that information that you have in any of those folders. And I know I worked at a university before I worked at Vespero, and using the Outlook online app on my phone was the only way I could access mail after hours or using, you know, the online version of of the webmail. So it allowed me to do a little bit of work um, and connect, even though I didn't have my my work computer with me because I wasn't allowed to take it out of the office. So it does allow you to have a lot of access no matter where you are, Um, although on a database day basis now i was we were talking about it before we joined you know i do use just my regular desktop outlook and that's my preference but all of these things are great to know and something i don't know if you mentioned at the beginning liz that we also talked about beforehand is if you're intimidated by webmail the best way to get started is to just practice your basic web navigation skills because um it's very similar. So knowing the elements and knowing how to move through them and navigate, um, those skills will benefit you no matter whether you're using Hotmail or Gmail or any kind of online mail service. So sorry if you already said that, Liz. Yeah, and, and that's fine. That's It's definitely worth repeating because you do use a lot of those commands. And I mentioned it, and I'll mention it again. You can go to our Surf's Up pages if you want to maybe improve your skills or just do a review of certain aspects of navigating the web, go to freedomscientific.com slash training and find Surf's Up. And Surf's Up is a series of self-paced lessons that walk you through navigating different aspects of a web page, filling out forms, um, just various things there. And you have practice pages you can use. And like Rachel said, all of that is very important when you're using webmail because when you're in a situation, especially when you're using a computer that might not be yours, that, you know, you, you're using it from a different location, you know, different things may be, they're going to have their computer set up a little differently than you would have yours. So it's important to know that you can go to those web pages, log into whatever email, you know, that it is that you're trying to access 
And you have all those elements. You have links that you can access. You have buttons, checkboxes. Uh, you have you know fields, obviously for you know to when you're composing an email or subject field or so th- those are the same thing as form fields. So a lot of that will translate across the board. Right. I always use my quick enough keys and just hit E and I just jump through the set of fields fields when I'm composing a message on webmail. And that first one may take me to the search bar at the top of the page, but I just go on and and eventually that E will get me to the two field, the the CC and BCC field, uh, if they're turned on, and then the subject and then the message body. And at any point, you know, depending on your settings and your forms mode, you can either um, turn forms mode off and continue to tab along or, you know, turn it on and, and begin to type in any of those fields. Yeah, and like you were saying earlier, Rachel, with uh, you know working for a university, I used my school when I got my master's degree. I used the we we used our email all the time, and we had a an address that we used through an exchange server. So we used the Outlook at that time. It was the Outlook web app, and it was very advantageous to be able to access that at any time you know you might need to send files you might need to read you know replies so just having access to your email no matter what it is from wherever you are is very very useful and just you know if you're having difficulty navigating you have some questions just be patient navigate through there use that virtual pc cursor when you can so if you're on a web page and you want to know what links are available, bring up those lists of links with insert F7. Or if you're navigating through those fields, you know, just press the tab key or use your up and down arrow keys to read what's available. Uh, because sometimes these things change. On occasion, services will change how their pages look, just like any other web page. When a web page is updated, it might look different, it might have different content. So sometimes just taking a few minutes and navigating those pages and just checking that out to see what options you have is also another good option or another good idea. And then checking out the settings because each one is going to have a settings link and there may be different settings that you can change to fit your preferences. And uh, for example, you know, turning on those keyboard commands in Gmail will enable you to use commands like R for reply and C for compose and, and things like that. So just taking taking some time to familiarize yourself with how that particular webmail web page works. Speaking Absolutely. speaking of oh, web ahead. so speaking of I web pages I have a uh, I have a response. Huh? Oh go the, ahead. I have a response to the people who wanted uh, the listing for where they can find ACB community podcasts, including Vespero. Uh, and I'll put it on the show notes for this podcast when it goes up later today. I'll also send it to you ladies at uh, training at Vespero.com. Oh, yes. Thank you. And uh, it's very simple. And what, what, here, let me give it to you first. And then um, I'll quickly explain how you can find Vespero in particular. But it's ACB dash community dot pinecast that's one word p-i-n-e-c-a-s-t dot co c-o okay uh and it's like any generic any screen reader any generic screen reader you can press h2 
to click through the headings until you find Vespero. And like last week's is up there. If you wait long enough later today, today's will be up there. So you can see all the Pinecast, all of the uh, web community things we have up, uh, including Vespero. So it's acb-community.pinecast.co. And on the tail of that, I'm just going to tell you about some of the other things we do throughout the month. Um, we do a lot of webinars and a lot of just general training content on Freedom Scientific and and our other sister brands, Enhanced Vision and Optilex. So really the whole array of assistive technology. And we centralize all that training at freedomscientific.com slash training. And then when... If you have any questions about the other brands, um, training for those specifically, reach out to training at vespero.com because we can still answer those. But um, especially if you're looking for resources for JAWS, check us out at freedomscientific.com slash training. And I can't help but plug our brand new student of the month program, which has very little to do with this meeting, but I'm going to talk about it for a minute, Liz. You think that's okay? Absolutely. I'm sure those students use webmail all the time, too. So I'm sure they right do. Into that. So we've launched a new program as of this week, and we were motivated um, after spending time with Taylor from California, who was our intern last summer. She's a 17-year-old who uses JAWS and Braille, and we were so motivated by Taylor that we wanted to feature students um, and their stories and how they're using our technology <coughs> within the United States every single month. So we're doing that now through our student of the month program and students who are selected will be awarded a $500 Amazon gift card. So um, it's pretty juicy prize and you can be nominated by anyone. All those students who are under 18 will require um, a parental or guardian consent and that form is available on the webpage. So you download it and get it signed and then upload it back um, to us before you can complete the nomination. And if you head over to freedomscientific.com, there's a press release right there on the main page, which will link you to all the relevant things you need to know. Also, our most recent blog post, just, um, I don't know if it's the most recent one, Liz, is it? Yeah, uh, the most recent training one. Yeah. 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 So no. you should be able to go to blog.freedomscientific.com. You'll find a lot of the general info that I just said and forward that to someone. If you know a teacher, if you know a parent, I know um, growing up as a kid um, who is blind, you know, we we get that amazing label a lot. But the truth is these kids really are amazing and we, we really want to know about them. And I know you know, all of you probably know someone in K-12 or of someone who um, who's using our products because, you know, they are so commonplace for students to use and doing a great job. So tell us about them. We would love to hear. There's a form you can fill out at, um, I don't know the URL. I do know it. I think it's freedomscientific.com slash student of the month, all with hyphens in between student yes. hyphen of hyphen the hyphen month. And That's I think right. we are going to work on shortening that. Sorry. Uh, you can also head over to freedomscientific.com and look at the press release. It'll link you straight to the form, and so will the blog. And to watch Taylor's video, you can also check out that press release or that blog post. And we've made a student of the month uh, video about Taylor. So, And all of those links are in the blog post. So if you, if you go to blog.freedomscientific.com, and once you get there, you can press the letter H. 
And then you'll find the student of the month post. And then when you press enter on that heading, uh, which is also a link, then you can read the post. And all those links there, there's a link to the form, a link to the program page, and a link to Taylor's video directly from that blog post. And feel free to subscribe as well to our blog if you'd like to know what we're up to, what's coming, what trainings we're working on or that we're getting ready for or that just happened. We always we also will include links to previous trainings as well. So go to blog.freedomscientific.com and there's a place there for your email address and you can just type that in and tab to subscribe and press enter. Yep. I have a question. This is uh Holly. Um, It has nothing to do with what you're talking about, but it has to do with, I figured I got the brain power here. I'm going to ask them. When I use the desktop outlook, you know what I'm Uh saying? It it comes Uh with, the office every time i sign in lately it says yes or no but there's no thing you know okay. explanation of yes or no so being that i've learned from the heart my, on my journey down the road of life that you never ever put yes unless you know what you're doing i've been answering no do you have an idea what this thing is yep so go ahead oh, go ahead larry well insert b is going to be your friend at least this is the way i do it and it reads the screen That's what I was gonna say. it will read the screen so if you see yes or no obviously you don't want to do anything till you know what yes or no refers to so if you do insert b generally there's a prompt that says do you want to do that probably it means outlook closed unsuccessfully do you want to reopen it that's probably what that yes or no or do you want to open is. related items that were Right. Close unexpectedly. Or yep. send a receipt to someone. Yep. So, and that works with anything, not just Outlook. If you get a yes or no and you're on a, if you're somewhere else like in Word and that's all it says to you, do insert B. This is for JAWS. I got to find the it's, insert. It's on the JAWS key. I never it. It's the JAWS key. It's with the numlock <laughs> off if you're using JAWS. Yeah, thank you. And that's what I'm using. Thank you very much. I'm sorry to get off. No, and a lot of people get, don't know I this. I some of these smart guys to answer my questions. I see this on lists all the time. A lot of people don't know how friendly that keystroke is. Yes, thank you. Sorry, ladies, I didn't mean to jump no, in. No, that's fine. Absolutely. As we've talked about where you can find yes, this. Yes, we do have some hands raised. Mary cool. Moore. Oh, good. Is that if she's using the caps lock, can you still use the caps lock as the JAWS key? Yes, if you're in laptop mode. So she mode. would be doing caps lock B. If, um, if somebody doesn't know where their insert key, I would recommend that they, you know, just as a person who's used JAWS for a long time, go ahead and tell it that you want to either be able to use the insert key or the caps lock key for the JAWS key. And that way you're not going to be hunting and pecking. So, yeah, the Larry's told us how you can re- access our other Vespero training series podcast, which we've been doing every week for several weeks. It's not just us. We invite other guests. Um, Eric Damery has been um, several times a guest, and Matt Ader, and I believe we've even had Ron Miller and Jeff Bezer Jeff talk Bezer, about yeah. Braille. So have, uh, we yeah. do try to change it up. We have a whole list of new topics for January, so check that out at the address Larry mentioned. You want to pop that off again, Larry? Let's see if I remember. acb-community.pinecast.co. So Pinecast is one word and co is C-O. So All right. very simple. Yep. And 
check out our archived webinars, which we've done a plethora of topics. We try to do task-based learning, demonstrate short tasks within different apps um, using JAWS, ZoomText, and Fusion so that you can get a functional understanding of those different apps. And we've done a whole host of things, including um, Skype and using Zoom as a host and a participant all kinds of things over Office and the Google Gmail. Workspace apps. Yep. So yeah. Gmail. And in fact, we've done one on basic HTML and are planning to do more training on Gmail using standard view. So in general, we have a lot of content out there and we would love to have you get use out of it. But we would also love to hear if there's something there that's missing. So send us an email at training at com. We still have about 10 minutes we have Before one we hand wrap. up with Greg. All right. Cool. Hey, my question is, does, um, and I know when I ask this, it's going to go off, so I'm sorry about this, but does Sharky help out with anything related to mail? Will Sharky give you any mail command help? I think it's only JAWS, isn't it? It, it is. It is. It, it'll right. It will, it, you can, you can ask it certain things. You can open, you know, do certain things with it. But as far as, you know, giving it a command like new message or, or reply or something like that. No, not at this time anyway. Not at this time. But that being said, um, Sharky is a tool that is evolving. Oh, I just set it off. I know. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Calm down. Calm down. Um, so, Yes, he's a. It is a tool that is evolving, and we are wanting to improve it and make it more functional for people. So, feedback, feedback, feedback. We love it when users become a part of our process of improving. So, if you want Shark, if you want him to do more <laughs> than he's doing right now, um, we do see what people try. We see the commands that people try, and. You could always join our beta testers list and give feedback or or just send an email to training at Vespero.com and we'll get it to the right place. So right. yeah, uh, right Ed, now he does. Just his hand is up again. I want cool. I, I want you to know that before Siri, before Sharky, before Alexa, I never talked to any inanimate objects in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and now we talk to gives them all. us a reason Absolutely. To. <laughs> now I talk to speaking my brother. Of, speaking of being able to talk, Agnes, you can talk. But I have a question. When you use the desktop Outlook and you're sending an email and you have it set to spell check, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times it'll it'll tell me something, but it won't let me go back and read it to see exactly what it's asking me about. Or sometimes it'll just come up and say this um, this suggestion, and I don't even know what it's asking me to for the suggestion for. Yeah, and I find that I have to do a lot of tabbing when I spell check yep. um, in Outlook, and it's a tab fest. And I, you know, that handy dandy command that I don't know if you used to use, which was insert C to read the word in context. <sighs> and now when you do it, it says word in context not available. Right. So, unfortunately, that's not an option. But what I try to do sometimes is restart spell check and. Um, tab around until I'm really familiar with the different areas in that spell check dialogue. And I don't know if you've experimented with that at all. Sometimes, too, if it reads something, for example, if it says 
a word and you're not sure what that, you know, what it's telling you, you can press insert tab, which will read the current control in that window. So sometimes that will work for getting it to repeat certain things. I want to mention something quickly. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we were talking about, uh, well, that word. I don't want to set it off. The uh, voice assistant feature. And we have it, you know, it's available in JAWS, Zoom, Text, and Fusion. And if you want to see more about that, if you want to see it in action, learn more about what you can do with it, you can do two things. You can go to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash freedom scientific training. You can also type freedom scientific training in the search box. Or you you can go to the What's New pages for JAWS, Zoom, Text, or Fusion, and you can find more information there. I'm okay, Lynette has her hand up. I just wanted to thank you all for these. I've enjoyed them, and I always learn something. And I'm not as quick on the mute or unmute as I should be, but uh, I definitely appreciate them. Long-time JAWS user, as some of you may know. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. (laughs) We really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, Lynette. And we're keep, you know, designing content about Zoom because features keep changing and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. So it's really helpful to know what's, you know, not working the best for you so that we can keep uh, figuring out how to update our content because Zoom is, you know, a thing. Yeah, with an ever-changing beast. And I know you're right. probably jumping back between your phone and you're using both. So, and I know we only have about another minute. Yeah, we'll be back right after the holiday break and we'll be, sin- you know, having a new schedule of the Sparrow training series for ACB community events as well as our regular schedule. I mean, we have so many events planned to celebrate Braille literacy. We so do. join us in January. Check us out at freedomscientific.com slash training where you can see a list of all our upcoming events and everything. We're going to do a ton of stuff in January. I've never been to this before, and I'm going to come back even when I'm not a host. You guys were wonderful. Great. Thank thank you so much. I'm so glad. Thanks, Holly. You did an awesome job. Yeah. Absolutely. Not really, but thank you. Hey, uh, Mr. Gassman, am I supposed to to dismiss us now? Uh, You can, and then I'll disconnect from ABC, or ACB, rather. Sorry, I do the alphabet so often. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Festivus to everybody. We're back on on January 7th, Thursday. Yeah.